And uh, we appreciate your presence in the house of God. No better place in the world you could possibly be tonight. No better place. No better place. First John chapter number 5. Find your place to stand together one more time. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth Him that begat loveth Him, also that is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, whom we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's go to the throne of grace one more time. Uh, Dwayne Reese, how about you praying, buddy? Amen. You'll be seated. When we begin the book of 1 John, I want to remind you that John had a different ideal than when he wrote the gospel. John wrote the gospel in order that one might have eternal life. John 20, 31, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you might have life through His name. Now, my, let me just be very clear. The only life God has is eternal life. Amen? But the epistle was written, not that you might know, that you might not have, but that you might know that you have eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. How many knows what EOGs are? If you got kids, you know what they are. End of grade testing. I could have titled this message EOBs. End of book test. Because literally chapter 5 is just that. There are four tests that the writer gives and they're tests to prove that one really believes in God. Now, you would immediately say, well, preacher, that, that, that's, uh, that's a given. Well, practically everybody claims to believe in God. There are a few atheists and agnostics that don't believe that. But the problem comes in that people have different beliefs and different ideals. One thing is for certain. God really exists. And one day we'll all stand before Him and give an account. And it becomes of the most imperative that we know Him. I fear a lot of God's people know 
about him. We know terminology. If you've been in church most of your life, you know the right things to say. But it doesn't necessarily mean you know him. I'm working on a message and it's probably coming pretty soon. I'm convinced that perhaps the greatest, the greatest issue of our day is this. It's not real to us because it's not personal. And until it becomes personal, it will never become real. I guess the greatest fear that I have for the next generation is this. They know about a God. They know the songs. They sing Amazing Grace by heart. But they don't know personally Him. And since it's not personal, He's not real in their life. That is perhaps one of my greatest fears. And I'm looking forward to preaching that when the Lord allows me to do so. But in the text, we come and here in this, uh, I told you there's four tests. That get, and I titled this, Survivor or Overcomer. Survivor or Overcomer. See, I am convinced that it is our birthright as born-again believers while we make the trip to heaven to be overcomers. I know we're going to heaven. Hallelujah. I know God's got a place. I thank God. I know there's a heaven. There's a, there, uh, that God's my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And the Holy Ghost is here to lead. I understand all that. But I believe that God, my birthright is that I can overcome while I make the trip. I don't want to just be hanging on. You know, uh, they used to be, and I'm probably going to have to say somebody, just give me a little corner, little cabin in the corner of glory land. Bless God, you can have a cabin if you want to. He promised me a mansion. I'm not settling for a cabin. Amen. Amen. I'm not settling for I know heaven's going to be about a Savior, but I'm just simply saying that one of the things that, that we find either we're surviving or we're overcoming. And tonight I am convinced God wants us to be an overcomer. As a matter of fact, he says so in his passage. But as we look at these tests, we'll look at the first one here tonight. It's a very basic one. Have you been born again? Have you been born of God? Now, years ago, it, it, was, it was a very common thing and some of you will remember, we would go visitation and we would ask somebody this question, have you been born again? It's a very common question. Uh, Jimmy Carter made it really popular and when he was running for president, he made the statement, you know, I'm, I've been born again and all this kind of stuff. Here's a, here's a problem with it. Everybody was born again. Everybody was saved. Today, if you ask people, we visit people all the, all the time, ask people, that, if you died right now, do you know that you go to heaven? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, why? Why do you think you'll go to heaven? Why do you believe you've been born again? What's the proof that you've been born again? 
And we find in this text that he gives us some proof that gives relevance to the fact when I say I've been born of God. I've been born again. I'm saved by God's wonderful grace. And here's the proofs. Now, proof number one of a new birth is this. Order. You say order, yes. Because the first thing in order is this. Believe that Jesus is the Christ. 1 John 5, 1 said, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, you say, well, you know, preacher, that's, that's no big deal. I mean, yes, I, I believe Jesus was the Christ. You need to understand something. In our world today, that's a big deal. We live in a world that has no problem with Jehovah God. Most will tell you, yes, we believe there's a God. Most don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they like the fuzzies anyway. And I'm glad we got the Holy Spirit of God to lead us and guide us. But when you start talking about Jesus, going to an old, to an old rugged cross... And die, shedding his blood and dying for their sins, then you start getting problems. Because if Jesus was the Christ, then you have to understand this. He went to a cross and he went because we are sinners. There's the issue. We live in a day where people are saying, well, I, I, I do pretty good. I go to church, I do this, I do that. I'm a good person. I do good, I do good works, I do, do all this. One day the Bible says there's a group that stood, will stand and say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? Done many mighty works. And Jesus is going to say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. On a sad day, it'll be when they hear the words, depart. Because if we believe that Jesus is the Christ, then we have to believe He came to die. The word Christ means Messiah or anointed one. He was born of God. He's born again. John 3, 3 said, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and he, and he said, Good master, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, you must be born again. And, and Nicodemus said, Jesus, I'm an old man. How can I enter back in my mother's womb and be born again? He said, that born of, uh, of the flesh is flesh. That born of the Spirit is spirit. And he says, unless you're born again, you will not go to heaven. And we've almost lost sight of preaching that truth or teaching that truth. You ask, nine, you ask ten people, nine and a half of them will tell you, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. But in reality, 
They've never been born again. So he has the idea of being born again. Notice this. He's a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Don't miss this. If Jesus, if you've been born of God, your life is different. You can't do the things you're used to doing. I like what Mays Jackson said. He said, I can do anything I want to do that I used to. Here's the problem. I don't want to no more. God changes some things. And, and folks, listen. The Bible says that God says he chastises those that he loves. And if you're without chastisement, now don't boom me out now. He says you're a bastard and not a son. It's exactly what he said. You're illegitimate. You don't belong to him. And I want you to understand tonight that apart from Jesus Christ, you won't go to heaven. And if you have been born of God, your life, old things are passed away. Those old things are become new. Two significant facts he mentions here. One is this. Those born of the God love the Father. Can't help it. If you're born of God, you love God. Amen. I get a little bothered by people that don't love the Lord, don't have no desire for the things of God. Concerns me. I'm not their judge. I'm just saying it concerns me. Galatians 2.20 said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Boy, I love 1 Peter 1.8. Whom have not seen, you love. And whom though you now see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not only that, those born of God love the Father, but those born of God love the family. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him also, that is begotten of him. Let me just put it to you. Look around. He said, if you've been born again, you like your brother and sister in Christ. As a matter of fact, he went so bold as to say this. He went so bold as to say this, that if I, George Brown is my brother in Christ, he went so far as to say, if I hate my brother, I'm not saved. Well, that means you hate someone, you need to check up. Point is, we love one another. Because true believers, we've got the nature of God. Then we love the family of God. A new commandment I give you, John 13, 34, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. Number one proof of a new birth is this. Or you believe that Jesus is the Christ. Number two, obedience. Obedience. The key... To everything God has is what? Obedience. See, you could have won that prize anyway. I told you the answer. Obedience. 
I tell you what, I'm not going to obey. But you, dear person, as loving and as kind as I can tell you, is would you take a real good look at your heart? Because there's a good chance you're not saved. There's a real good chance you're not. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God, hold it, and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep, keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Do you really believe God? Yes, keep His commandments. No, if you don't. Person who really believes God depends on God's Word. Not only that, he believes God's work. Do we really love God? Yes, keep His commandments. No, not if you don't. I mean, he, he don't be running bush about the matter. It's kind of pretty clear, isn't it? Notice what these two verses say. Our obedience proves that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, we love God, then we obey Him, and we love one another. Our obedience gives proof, merit, to the fact that we're obeying God. That means sometimes people, I told you this, sometimes people are easy to love. Sometimes people are not easy to love. I, I, and, but if I'm going to obey God, those that are not easy to love, I've got to run to God and say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to love them. You help me to love them the way you would love them when we walked on earth. Let me show you how much Jesus loved. One day... By the way, would you would it would it anger you if someone betrayed you? Does that make you? Does that kind of bother you? I mean, you know, somebody said, "Boy, I really love you," and then just you know, knife you real good, you know, on your back, and they betrayed you. One day, a man sold the Savior for thirty pieces of silver. He was a crook, and. He, he got with some, the, the men and said, said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to, the one I kiss on the cheek, he, he's, he's the one. And he betrayed him with a kiss. Uh, with a kiss. And the soldiers come to arrest the darling son of God. But notice what Jesus said. Friend, why comest thou? friend. He called Judas a friend. Jesus called Judas a friend. Friend, why comest thou? They take you to another place. While he's on a cross, his body's been beaten and ribboned, and he's nailed to a cross, and, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, junk everything you've seen, 
And, and you don't even, we can't even comprehend what that cross was. It was beyond anything you would imagine. And yet, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Obedience proves that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. No, our obedience proves that we love God. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. You show me any area that you refuse to obey God in and I'll show, and I can tell you without reservation, you really don't love God. And then the next question is, what's in your heart? Why don't you love him? What's in your heart? And here's what he said. I love this. And his commandments are not grievous, burdensome, heavy, hard. He said, my commandments are not heavy or burdensome. As a matter of fact, and one occasion said, take my yoke because it's easy and my burdens is light. The ideal is this. It is a yoke of, 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 with two oxen. Here's what he's saying. He said, you get in this yoke, you'll be on one side, but I'm on the other. Amen. And he said, I'll go with you, and I'll never leave you, never forsake you. And, and, and he said, my commandments are not grievous. He said, they're, they're not heavy. Show me whatever area you, whatever area that you're, that you're bothered with, you're troubled with, you're struggling with, where it's faithfulness, where it's tithing, where it's witnessing, which loving your Bible, which loving whatever, which is just not sinning, whatever it is, you show me what that is. And I tell you, the Bible says, you really don't love God. Words is not going to get it done. Obedience is what gets it done. Obedience. And so, here tonight, there's no other way. There's no other way. To show God that we love Him, except by doing what He says. Now, there are some people that really believe the commandments of God are weighty and heavy. They feel they restrict them too much. There are people that believe that, uh, that uh, I want the pleasures and the possessions of this world, and serving God is too restrictive. I feel the demands of God are just too much and too large and prices too high. But I want you to understand something. They're not. You take whatever it is. You take the wealthiest people of the, of the world. And if they know not Christ, I'm telling you, oh, Howard Hughes, multi-billionaire. But would you like to know how he died? He lived in a room and he had this fear of germs. And he, the room, he had this massive circulators filtering the rooms all the time. Everything that was given to him was in a sterile plastic bag. Everything, everybody come in, I put on like a suit. He was unbelievable. He was a multi-billionaire, but he was, and his own was captive in four walls. Prison. Had all that, but he didn't have freedom. 
All because of just a little job. Now, I, I never, I never understood that until I, I knew a man, and and uh, and I started don't want to bring up any hurt at all. But I know a man, I, I knew a man that that was as bold, the boldest man you'd ever meet. I, I don't think he's anywhere in Granite Falls. He wouldn't go until a spirit of fear got a hold of him. And then he, he, would, he was a, he would, that fear killed him. Folks, I, I don't know about you. That there's folks tonight that'll do anything for the next fix. For the next, for the next, uh, Dope for the next. The, the, there's folks. There's folks that that will do anything for that next pleasure, next good time. And they say serving Jesus is too restrictive. I don't think so. Amen. I mean, I'm enjoying God. Wake up the next day, with all my money, and no, and remember the day. That folks are going to wake up tomorrow with their head in a place, but me for your head. That's right. And then go to, go to work and say, man, I had a great time. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, I'm uh, obedience. Bible says, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Oh, I love, God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Jesus Christ gives us a hope in this world that nothing else can. Not only the first proof, order, believe that Jesus is a Christ. Number two, obedience. The third proof is of a new birth is this. We overcome the world. Ye are of God, little children. And I've overcome them. Because, and if you did, if you memorized any verse in your Bible, if you mark your Bible, you ought to mark this verse. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Greater. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. He made this point three times. He said, Victory is gained over the world by trusting Jesus Christ. And the one thing everybody in this world needs above all else is this is a victory over all the corruption and all that we see around us. If you're not saved, I would make this suggestion. If you're determined, I'm going to hell, and I don't care what nobody says, I would suggest do this. Buy you a cave. Stock it full of food and guns. And shoot everybody that comes to the door. Because I'm telling you, your only hope is this. This is it. But if you're saved tonight, praise God, we have overcome this world. It means God said, I'll give you victory 
over the trials and the temptations of life. Every Christian doesn't face a thing by himself. John 16, 33, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I love that. It means this. It means that God gives victory over the difficulties of life. You don't have to face them by yourself. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I'm thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee. With right hand of my righteousness. It means this. It means God gives us victory over sin. Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It means God gives us, the believer, victory over death. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I've been in rooms for those that I knew beyond a doubt, by their testimony and the Spirit of God that, that just, I, when they died, you knew they loved Jesus. I've been in a room with some I'm not sure about. And you take us to the bank. We, 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 we have done something. And I'm not going to say it's all wrong. But we have done something last like 25 years. There was a day that people died at home. And their bodies went filled full of painkillers and dope and morphine. And what would happen then, you would get these wonderful, glorious testimonies of people. They'd start seeing family that's gone on. They'd start talking about grandma and grandpa loved Jesus. Then they'd start talking about, oh, that's him. That's him. They'd start talking about how that God was so real. But then those that was lost would give the testimony as well. I heard an evangelist named Sam Gipp, I think, had a dear friend. Man was very, very wealthy. He owned horses and all this kind of stuff. He was in town. He went by. Matter of fact, when he, when he got to the airport, he called him. The man was very wealthy. He sent a, a car, a Mercedes, to pick him up. He said, you drive this car while you're here? I mean, just really kind. But he, he went to him one day. He got up there and he said, listen. He said, uh, Sam, I come talk to you about Jesus. He said, let's go riding on the horses. So they went riding on the horses and... and uh, Got to talking to him, and finally he dismounted, and they, they both bowed there. And he said when he got done praying, his friend had got up and jumped on his horse and went back to the house. And um, he said he got back to the house, and his friend said, Boy, Sam, you about got me. About got me, Sam. That's what he said. And he said he just wept as he got in the car and went to the meeting, and while right before, right, right as the service was, was coming to a close, he got a call from this man's wife. 
said, please come to the hospital. Please come to the hospital. He went down to the hospital. As he walked in the hall, in the hospital, you could hear this man screaming. You could hear this man screaming down the hallway. And he walked in, and the man grabbed him by the hand, and, and uh, grabbed him by the hand, and he literally, he literally sunk his fingers in his hand. And he said, Sam, I'm burning, Sam, I'm burning, Sam, I'm burning. And son, they literally had to go in and repair this evangelist's hand. Because the opportunity to be saved was there. But he missed it. Look this way. It means that God gives believers victory over Satan and all the evil there is in this world. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, high places. You say, preacher, why would you tell a story like that? I tell a story like that because I think so many people take it lightly. That's for somebody else. That happens somebody else, not me. I'm going to keep disobeying God. I'm going to keep shoving Him away. I'm going to say no, 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 and not realize that God may say, "That's your last no. That's your last no. That's the last." His story, and we're going to pray. A liberal minister who didn't believe in the gospel was called to a dear woman who was dying. He understood she needed to face her maker. He told her, said, you know, you lived a good life. You ain't got nothing to fear. But the woman just looked at him and didn't help her. And his pastor, who didn't know God himself, the only thing he could remember was the song his mother sung to him when he was a boy. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. And a woman bowed and prayed and trusted Jesus. He said, Lord, I want to put all my sins under your blood. And she trusted Jesus as her Savior. The next Sunday, as he stood up before his congregation, he told of her experience. He said, not only did she get in, but I got in too. And from now on, I'll preach Christ and Him crucified. First test is this. Have you been born of God? Have you been born again? Is there proof there? Is there proof there? Well, I, I'm just not going to obey God. Then, then I must be sincere enough to ask you. Are you sure you know Him? Are you sure you know Him? Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Joy, you just go ahead and sing. And tonight, would you obey the Lord? Lord, trust your heart in any way, in any fashion. Please don't push it away. Please don't push it away. Please don't, please don't push it away.
Jesus, keep me near the cross. There Somebody play with you around the altar. You just, all right, we're going to talk to you. Amen. Get somebody play with you around the altar. Just get your hands up. We'll get somebody to help you. And we're glad to have somebody play with you. You want to talk. From town.